This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. All right, so, of course, you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we give to you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com, all the stuff that's there, you'll find it free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you five, six, seven, eight bucks a month for their sites. We give it away, so enjoy at freetalklive.com. You can also uh, control the content of the site by voting up or down, yes or no, Stuff uh, voting on the stuff you like, voting it up, voting down the stuff you dislike, so you get to actually... uh, determine collectively if you will uh what will show up on the front page and the top of the site you can also submit new content to the site as well uh for others to vote on and you can do all of it over at freetalklive.com and don't forget to check out the upcoming stories page where everything that's fresh on the site is placed first before it makes it to the front page if it gets enough votes so 855-450-FREE toll-free number here tonight there's a pretty shocking headline over at uh the drudge report and it's you know, not normal that we talk about whatever the top headlines are, but this one's pretty shocking. you got to so, keep an eye on them. So, I, you know, I want to get it out there. Pueblo, Colorado, where Obama, while vilifying Mitt Romney for opposing the auto industry bailout, bragged about the success of his decision to provide government. You know, hold on a second. It's It must be really comfortable to be uh, a governor at the time that the, the bailouts are happening because ultimately Romney actually doesn't get to vote. On that, so it's not like he actually registered his opinion with a vote in Congress or something like that during the auto bailouts, because it sure as hell seemed like pretty much everybody voted for that, and so it wouldn't well, surprise me. I that- don't know about the auto bailouts. the um, The Bush administration had the, uh, the the was it the TARP, and then the stimulus came after that, and the auto bailouts were essentially a part of the stimulus situation. So essentially, the everybody voted for the TARP. Or enough of them voted for the TARP that uh, that it, it went through, but it's the you know as far as the bailouts went, basically that went down party lines because the Republicans didn't want to they didn't want to play ball when it wasn't a Republican suggesting bailouts. Right, but the point being that pretty much everybody voted for the I mean the TARP, which was the bailouts. TARP. Right? The, the TARP was bank bailouts. Right. Bailouts, bailouts, I mean, the same I know, it all seems the same thing, and I think that one, I understand why people would conflate it in their minds, and I think that it's, uh, you know, it's fine that people conflate it in their minds, it doesn't really matter, as far as I'm concerned, it's all the government getting involved in the marketplace in a way that it shouldn't. Um, Chevy claims to be having, GM claims to be having one of its uh, best years ever, but what they didn't mention is the government has bought a lot of GM cars. So, uh, right. I mean, the, the government's very heavily involved in, uh, you know, these companies, especially the, the ones that it did bail out because they, what did they get, 6% or something like that? A Bank of America, uh, significant, per, you know, controlling interests in these things. And that's kind of disturbing. I mean, it's, it's almost like backdoor nationalization of these industries. You know, it's like they're calling for, I mean, essentially what Obama says here is, Basically a call for nationalization without calling it that. He says, I believe in American workers. I believe in this American industry. And now the American auto industry has come roaring back. Now I want to go go look at Detroit See, and tell this me is, that's true. Th- th- this is where I, you know, he didn't, he doesn't say he believes in American business. He says he believes in American workers. And, and that's industry. what the bailout was about. The bailout was about the auto workers union. 
and th- what they wanted. Because the fact is, if Obama would have left GM to its own devices and it would have gone under the factories, the buildings, either, you know, somebody, likely some auto manufacturer would have gone right in, wholesale bought all this stuff, and then employed these very employable people at hmm, perhaps some lower wage. Because GM auto workers are the mo- the highest paid auto workers in the country and probably the world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Mercedes-Benz or something like that you might be able to make an argument for. I don't know. I don't know the statistics on that. But, you know, they, the ones in town, in, you know, states like Greenville, South Carolina that are making BMWs or, um, you know, Honda and, you know, these other uh, foreign automatic makers that are making cars in the United States that don't have the auto unions involved, they still get paid quite well. They just don't get paid nearly as well as the uh, the, the ones that are in these unions. So likely some other auto, other auto manufacturer would have come along and bought these this equipment and, uh, and employed pennies these. on the dollar. Uh, you know, qu- how about quarters on the dollar? Okay. Um, at least dimes on the dollar. Yeah. And employed these workers and then had a new car company or an expansion of another car company or even just a re- you know, building of GM, a restructuring of GM. We don't know exactly what would have happened because this was a bailout for the unions so that the union workers would continue to get paid the wages that they're getting paid. Now, I don't have a problem with people getting paid well, but I do have a problem with a big bloated uh, auto company that's so you know so badly run that it simply you know that has such bad contracts with unions that it simply can't make its way in the world yeah well things like that deserve to go under i mean it's called creative destruction in the marketplace when a business is just too unwieldy too bureaucratic too large for its own uh britches it it goes under if you can't change according to what the market demands according to what people are looking for uh then you deserve to perish and so many businesses have over the years i mean woolworths is a great example of a company that was you know monstrous and it was in you know everywhere and then it faltered and it it went under eventually There's a, and the list of of companies that have faltered along the way big giant ones that have gone away it's huge. It's tremendous. And it's okay. And it's you know, fine. All those people got jobs somewhere else. Right. Uh, they they don't work. sit there and completely unemployed. Um, you know, my life is ruined. They go on, they get other jobs, and, you know, somebody, something fills the vacuum. So it's really this uh, ridiculous notion that all that is in existence must continue. Yes. Uh, all businesses that uh, are in existence that the government thinks are valuable sea must walls continue. for the river of the marketplace. Uh, the river of the marketplace moves. It changes. It creates eddies. You know, it'll reclaim land in one place. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, it does all kinds of things. Trying to build seawalls only entrenches the big corporations that are in their place. Well, right, because trust me, uh, Barack Obama, Mitt Romney, all of these people, they don't care about your business. If you are, you know, mom and pop, uh, medium to small size business operating to serve your customers and create a great product and service day in and day out. If you don't have lobbyists in Washington D.C., you don't matter to them. They they don't care if the market, you know, just you end up faltering and and failing and and shutting down. They only care about their buddies in industry in the big corporate world. And now, now Obama has said that. Let me get the quote out here. He says, "I believe in American workers. I believe in this American industry. And now the American auto industry has come roaring back." Now I want to do the same thing with manufacturing jobs, not just in the auto industry, but in every industry. So, so he wants bailouts for every industry? That's what, Well, he says, I want to do the same thing with manufacturing jobs in every industry. 
So maybe he just wants to do it with manufacturing industries, or maybe it's every industry. I, it's not really too clear by the way that the quote is. Uh, Only manufacturing cited. counts. People that uh, create right. services, um, you know, technology, yep. you know, all these people, they don't count. According to this. And uh, he says, I don't want those jobs taking root in places like China. I want those jobs taking root in places like Pueblo. Obama told a crowd gathered for his campaign rally at the Palace of Agriculture at the Colorado State Fairgrounds. Uh, Okay, so there's a couple of ways that the government uh, drives uh, jobs out that I can give, uh, you know, right there. For one, um, you know, they they put this uh, artificial minimum wage thing in. They keep people out of the country, so they are they're they're trying to artificially control the cost of labor, and that always goes poorly. If you try to artificially control the cost of anything, it's going to go poorly. People are going to, you know, the marketplace is going to work around it, and people are going to go elsewhere to get it. And so that's what's happening there. Secondly. You know, the costs, um, as the cost of oil and gasoline is going up, we're fi- people are finding that shipping from China isn't quite as cheap as it used to be. So, when and the government does gives all kinds of tax benefits and uh, you know credits and payoffs, corporate welfare to the oil companies to look for oil and things like that. If the government shut down payments to these, uh, these companies, then well, probably oil co- prices would be higher. So, therefore, it wouldn't cost. It would cost even more to ship things from China, and it would be make more sense for businesses to manufacture in the United States. Well, and don't forget all the regulations, uh, OSHA, and various different government regulatory agencies that end up pushing manufacturing out as well. If they really wanted to help manufacturers; they'd repeal that stuff. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, head over to freetalklive.com, enjoy the features we give to you. They are free, including archives. You can go click and download and get as many episodes as you'd like. They're right there on the front page, the last week. And then you can click into the archive section and download them from there. Also, get them straight off our SoundCloud page. If you want to visit the SoundCloud page, go to freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side of the site under Listen and Share, and then click SoundCloud to go to the SoundCloud page and download stuff there. And also use the Share button on each episode at the SoundCloud page, where you can also download the Edgington Post as well as this program. That's right. Uh, I did an Edgington Post this evening. That's right. Uh, You can click the Share button to easily share your favorite episodes with uh, your friends on Facebook or Twitter or your WordPress blog or wherever you'd like. Once again, go to freetalklive.com, grab as many archives as you want, all free. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, the place to go get the name brands at the very best prices is manventureoutpost.com. I know a lot of people are getting ready for hunting season. It's, uh, you know, it's the beginning of August, and it's coming time for hunting season. I was over there just recently looking at uh, bows and uh, crossbows. Lots of people wanting to do to, to get their, that, extra, that extra buck or that extra deer this year in uh, bow season. 
you can get the best name brands at the best prices. I really have checked these uh, bows out, and you can get them a lot cheaper at manventureoutpost.com. Same quality, same name brands. They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, everything the outdoors enthusiast needs and at the best prices. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and you can get an additional 5% off. They're already low prices with coupon code FTL. It's manventureoutpost.com. Coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, so plenty of stuff to talk about tonight. We'll, of course, take your calls about whatever happens to be on your mind. Starting out the show this evening with uh, a quote from Barack Obama as he is you know, pandering around the country, as is Mitt Romney looking for, uh, for votes. I know how to give you free stuff. Yeah, and now what he's saying is that he wants to bail out, and it's not really clear if it's every single industry in the country just or manufacturing. just manufacturing jobs. I guess only manufacturing needs bailing out. Forget all those uh, casinos in Vegas. <laughs> He says here that uh, that he wants to do the same thing, that is, uh, the bailouts, like he did with the auto industry, with manufacturing jobs, not just in the auto industry, but in every industry. Now, if a bailout comes along, and part of the bailout is that the company has to uh, give up part of, part of their ownership, you know, essentially give over uh, stock to the federal government, isn't that basically nationalization? And to some extent, I mean, it's not full-on nationalization in that they're not... You know, the companies won't become completely operated by the federal government, but it sure is a hell of a lot more fascist uh, or socialist. I guess it's it's leaning a little bit more socialist than the current fascist system, right? Like if the government takes ownership in a company? Yeah, I would say that that's more socialist uh, by its definition. But um, I guess what concerns me is, is that the government's picking winners. Um, if the government owns stock in a particular manufacturing company, it's it's difficult to see an upstart getting the opportunity to uh, take it over from from there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, by bailing out uh, GM, what the government did was say that whomever was going to benefit from the the sale of those uh, of those manufacturing robots and those um, factories and and all and you know the renting out of those factories or whatever was going to happen with them, all the all the property that GM has, if if this is what happened, mm-hmm. by the way, I don't think it would have. It just been some kind of restructuring, and they would have been a negotiation with the uh, the unions. But if if that was the case, because this is what we are to believe, so go okay, I'll, I'll believe that, but. You know, Honda might have gone in there and bought up the uh, the robots, and that would have been a benefit to them. They could have lowered some prices or made some uh, more profits, hired some workers, that kind of thing. There would have been workers there that were experienced auto manufacturing workers. They would have been useful and hired by other companies. Other companies would have benefited. The United States government picked a winner, and that winner was GM, and it shouldn't have been. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can, of course, take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. I know, Mark, that uh, you brought something to the table tonight about uh, the original Bible. Not the translated versions, but the original. I guess like the uh, Old Testament. The About you know how it was apparently mistranslated. We can get to that here in a moment. Uh, but, of course, you can bring up anything you want. Also, in other news out in California, a California Superior Court judge, according to thenewspaper.com, has sided with a photo enforcement vendor, American Traffic Solutions, 
and this is the company that provides the the billing services and the traffic camera services. Basically, the governments will contract with these companies. They'll set the cameras up. They'll issue the bills in the name of the government. And so, is this a red light camera or a speeding tra- uh, speeding cameras? This is red light cameras. Okay. Um, now, red they- light cameras can be very dangerous because yeah. they cause people to act differently at red lights than they would normally act. They'll slam on their brakes in order to avoid a ticket, and then the person behind them slams into them. Uh, the, you know, they've, they've shown that red light cameras kill. They have, but that hasn't stopped but them. But they also cont- pay initially. Because what will sure. happen is, is uh, you know, they install the red light cameras, and then all the people that are used to kind of sneaking through on the pink light, well, they'll, they'll start changing their behavior. Some of them will get into accidents, but most of them won't. Did you just call it a pink light? Yeah, pink lights. A pink light is uh, when it just turned red, between a yellow oh, and red. Okay. Um, I've never heard that one before. You've never heard that? Okay. So they'll, they'll sneak through on the pink light, and then, you know, those are the ones, then the cameras will get them, they'll get a ticket, and they're like, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. So they stop that behavior. And most of them don't get into accidents. A few of them do. Uh, a few people are injured, and some people are killed. Well, more people get into accidents. Well, what? Well, there's more accidents than there would have been with the red light, um, you know, without, without the, camera. the cameras. But hold on, I'm not done. Okay. So then the behavior changes. So then the politicians aren't getting as much money mm-hmm. at, from the red light camera as they were, you know, in the first few months. So what they'll do, and they've shown that this happens in many, many places, they'll begin to shorten the duration of the yellow light in order right. to catch people and give them tickets. Because it's about money and not about safety, right? And, and I mean, if, if nothing proves that, nothing proves it more than that. I mean, it's clearly the government loves to posture themselves. I mean, the they, they have the what they call the Department of Safety here. It's essentially you know the Department of Motor Vehicles, but it's a, another wing of it. Uh, but the uh, the the stateies, the the state cops work underneath the Department of Safety. But really, they should call themselves the Department of Revenue because that's ultimately what it's all about. And I've I've gotten yep, them to they're admit armed on fundraisers. The phone, I've gotten them to admit on the phone that it's not about safety. What they're doing to to people How'd by that go? suspending licenses and things like that. I got them to admit that it was about uh, money because there's no way they could they could claim that what they were doing to me by suspending my uh, my driver's privileges or whatever it was they uh, they were doing was in any way about safety because I wasn't an unsafe driver. It was about getting a hundred some bucks out of me, so I could, uh, you know, unsuspend the the permit. Mm. And so everything they do is uh, is about money, ultimately. So let me give you the the story here. It looks like uh, Marietta, out in California, there were some voters out there that decided they wanted to, uh, you know, have a, themselves a petition and uh, get a an issue on the ballot to get rid of the red light cameras. And a judge has made a decision about that. We'll share it with you here in moments. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can take control of these airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Maybe you've got a red light camera story or something you want to share with us about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Take control. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel. The printing press. The Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything that you want. 855-450-FREE. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. We have a bulletin board system, which allows you to get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to accomplish that. And that is uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, Bitcoins, they are the world's uh, first digital currency. They're created for the Internet, largely, and they can be used as essentially cash on the Internet. You can send and receive money with Bitcoins without being charged any fees, um, you know, the any fees of any consequence. There is a uh, sort of a, a little like half a penny fee that you can choose to pay if you if you want to. You can change the setting if you don't. But, you know, nonetheless, uh, you can send and receive money without anybody interfering with the process. You, no one can uh, get in your account and freeze it or you know, force a charge back or one of these things that so many of these online banks choose to do. No governmental agency can tell you with whom you can do business and with whom you can't. You can find out more about the Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. There's a, a link over there to the, the Bitcoin faucet where you can go get a few Bitcoins, or at least partial Bitcoins. That thing's still on? <laughs> I think the, the faucet's still running. I'll oh, have to, to go check there. Um, but a cool little website. Yeah, back in the old days of Bitcoins, uh, a couple of years ago, the Bitcoin faucet used to give you a whole Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> that's what... <laughs> back when it cost the operator, uh, you know, what, ten, two cents a Bitcoin or something like that? Yeah, it was, mm. a, it was a lot cheaper. Yeah. So now. there's, uh, yep, the free the Bit, Bitcoin faucet's still out there. What is it vending? Does it tell you how much, uh, like, point... Z- <laughs> it doesn't point. say now. Um, it's got to be, like, a fraction of a Bitcoin. I'm giving are... away point zero zero five Bitcoins per ah, visitor. Ah, yeah. So it's just something to get started with, so it's that changed. you have something to uh, start your wallet, you know, go out there, pay and handle it for them. Anyway, if you want to get some Bitcoins, go to bitinstant.com. We've got some exciting news that we're going to be announcing here with BitInstant uh, very shortly. We're going to be going to their offices. What? That's right. Bitinstant.com. Go get your uh, Bitcoins there. You New York City. New York City. Uh, more than... F- what are they having? Some kind of Bitcoin party or something? Yeah, there's like going to be a Bitcoin meetup, and we're going to see the offices. They're going to... They're, you know, these cool. are new offices. They're in downtown Manhattan in the financial district, and Ooh. I mean, BitInstant is a real going concern. It's the biggest business in uh, Bitcoins, and it li- it's liable to be here very shortly, the largest receiver of venture, venture capital. So... Uh, anyway, if you want to get in some, the Bitcoin world, in the Bitcoin world. Um, Interesting. So anyway, bitinstant.com. If you want to get some Bitcoins, you can go to more than 700,000 locations worldwide and you deposit cash and get Bitcoins. Uh, Julia was just telling me uh, the other night how easy it was when she went to the bank. Uh, she went to a bank that she doesn't even bank at and was able to deposit uh, cash into an account that I guess BitInstant has. Yep. And that was it. <laughs> no problem. No, no ID checks. No nothing. Right. So easy. So, Completely uh, anonymous. Yep, 855-453. That's the toll-free number here. As uh, we continue, there's news out of California where, according to thenewspaper.com, a California Superior Court judge has sided with the American Traffic Solutions in denying Marietta voters a say in whether red light cameras can be used in their community. Judge Daniel Otolia issued a uh, what they call a minute order or a minute order, one or the other. Uh, on Friday, endorsing the arguments put forth by the high-powered elections law firm of Bell, McAndrews, and Hitchcock, 
Uh, ATS, the American Traffic Solutions, will not admit that it hired the Bell to sue Marietta resident Diane Serafin. Serafin believes the cameras are ineffective and unconstitutional. She told the newspaper in previous interviews that she had no trouble collecting the required number of signatures to force an election because nearly everyone in the community wants to see the cameras go. Except for people that work for American Traffic Solutions and the government, I'd imagine. Yeah, I would imagine that's the case. Judge Otolia insisted the community has no right to decide this matter. In his order, he said the following. The court, because they love talking about themselves in the third person, is satisfied that... I am satisfied. The court is satisfied that pre-election relief is proper, whereas here, petitioner has established the clear illegality of the initiative. Real parties, on the other hand, simply God, ignore... I hate listening to these people right. and their crap. Real parties, on the other hand, simply ignore key statutes and case law in question. I have no idea what that, that statement means. D- does that make any sense to you? It's real parties, actual living, breathing humans? I, I and don't... the rest of them are persons as defined by, I don't know. Serafin's lawyer, uh, Peter Lepisco of Pacific Justice Institute, cites the statutes that show it's not appropriate for the court to intervene in an election before it happens. Had the initiative failed, for example, there would be no case before the court. ATS, American Traffic Solutions, has tried to block ballot measures throughout the country because the devices have lost in all but one case. Court wins have rarely saved such programs. In Houston, Texas, a federal judge with close personal ties to ATS decided to invalidate the initiative after it passed. But the persuasive power of the vote itself persuaded the city council to end the photo ticketing. Here, Judge Atolia went a step further to ensure that voters never have a chance to provide input. Atolia wrote that the court is not required to wait. Do you wonder, I mean, do you wonder if they get a check for this? I mean, this is huge business for this company. I mean, they want every community in America to have these red white, red light tickets, mm-hmm. and if they can stop them from being overturned, if they can turn this tide, it's worth millions, yeah. tens of millions, hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars. Certainly to worth cutting a few thousand dollar check to a judge. A few thousand. I mean, you know, I mean, give him enough money that he can retire, you know, off to Key West or wherever he wants to go, and that's it. He wrote in his order, the court is not required to wait until after an election simply for the sake of waiting. Postponing judicial resolution of petitioner's challenge is not without potential cost. The presence of an invalid measure on the ballot steals attention, time, and money from valid propositions on the same ballot. (laughs) From stealing, you know, (laughs) it steals time and money from people using the electoral system to steal from people. It will confuse some voters and frustrate others, and an ultimate decision that the measure is invalid coming after the voters may have voted in favor of the measure tends to denigrate three. Oh, so what? (laughs) The legitimate use of the initiative process. Though Atolia's ruling comes within two weeks of the deadline for finalizing the ballots in Riverside County, the judge will not necessarily have the final say on November 6th, appointed to the bench in 2010. His name will appear on the ballot for retention, giving voters upset with his decision the option of taking away his $178,000 a year job. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, one, so one has to ask, what was he thinking? Is he getting the check? I don't know. Maybe he is, if he's willing to put his career on the line. Because he really did put his career on the line. Right. These people got an initiative. They rammed that initiative through. It's not easy, by the way, to get the petition no. signatures to get an initiative on the ballot. It's You're a about, lot of work. In California, it's probably, well, this may be just for one county, so it's probably not as, as large as you know statewide things. They've but. got a huge apparatus, a grassroots apparatus that's that's uh, you know at work there if they were able to get this on the ballot. And if they've got that kind of apparatus they're likely to be able to campaign against a judge. The fact is, very few people know who their judges are, mm-hmm. so their minds can be turned rather quickly and easily. 
you know, most a lot of judges are not even they don't even have R's and D's behind their names. So people are just going in there and picking. Oh, well, I like the name. Uh, I like the name uh, Anderson better than I like Shapiro or whatever. And they just pick somebody based on their last name. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to turn people on a ju- against a judge. So I'm looking here at uh, this minute order. It's all written in capital letters, which is really hard to process when you're reading it. They're yelling at you. Uh, right. Well, he's a judge. They tend to do that a lot. But according to the story here, the woman who brought the, uh, I guess who's trying to get this thing overturned, has appealed for an injunction before the Court of Appeals. So she's going up. She's going up the lines trying to get this uh, judge's order injuncted yep. against so this ballot initiative will actually show up on the ballot. The red light company is going to have to cut a lot more big checks. It's pretty sick, man. And I just thought it was interesting to share that. It's the first time any case like that has come down uh, where a judge has made such a, such a decision to basically say, no, 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 you, you can't even ask this question. Yep. You, can't, you can't have the voters give their input on this particular issue. I won't claim to know what happened. But I, this just sounds ridiculous to yeah. me. The voters can't make an initiative not to have uh, red light cameras in their town. Now, you know, speed cameras, we've looked into those. I don't particularly like the idea of the government using speed cameras, but I can't see how they're dangerous in the same way red light cameras are. Red light cameras kill. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, Mark's going to give us some information about apparently the somebody did some research found out that the Bible, uh, the original one, the one that's not the translation of a translation, the original Bible's got some mistakes in it. You're going to share some with us yep. here, Mark. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? Shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. You can get the stuff you're looking for and get it pretty cheap. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com because uh, shop.freetalklive.com because you'll get links there to Amazon. And I just find Amazon to be one of the best darn places to shop on the Internet. They don't have the uh, the overhead that the big box stores do, and they can pass those savings on to you. They've got an amazing warehouse system that's almost completely uh, robot-operated. So they're not paying a whole lot of uh, money to a bunch of uh, people to raise their costs and therefore they can keep their costs as low as possible. So go and get your shopping done and get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of their products. Of course, if you need it faster like I did this week, you can uh, you know order the faster shipping if necessary, but that free Super Saver shipping sure is nice to have. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com and get the stuff that you want, get the stuff you need, and help Free Talk Live out because when you shop through that link, and there's a U.S. Amazon, U.K. Amazon, and Canada Amazons there, uh, you shop through any of those links, 
Free Talk Live will get a cut of the sale, and that's a big deal for us. So really appreciate when you do shop over at shop.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here, you, of course, are welcome to bring up what you want. We'll get to the Bible story here in uh, in a moment, but just kind of giving you other updates. Uh, looks like the latest on Roger, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, Pion? Have you heard oh, this, Mark? Pion? Pion? It's, Pion? It's an unfortunate last name. Uh, P-I-O-N. I, you know, I saw these Roger Pion memes all over the uh, Facebook a couple of days ago. Like, what? who's Roger Pion? What, what, why is everybody so excited about this guy? This is the guy that ran over the seven cop cars or whatever in Vermont with a tractor. Yeah, that's exactly who he is. And uh, that's when I finally figured out who he was. Oh, that's why people are so excited about him. Uh, looks like donations have been pouring in from across the country to support Roger. According to WCAX out of Vermont, the uh, the man who's 34 has been behind bars since his rampage, or his alleged rampage. Now, you know that makes the cops very, very, very angry that they have to put money in his account for him after he ran over their cars with his uh, big tractor. I mean, the people are supporting the behavior. I bet it does. Pion is uh, accused of using a monster tractor to flatten seven police cruisers, and it's still the talk of the town. Mark Kirian said, we see tractors every day, but it was surreal when it hit. You heard the metal colliding, glass breaking. Kirian was working across the street and couldn't believe his eyes when he saw two sheriff's deputies chasing the tractor on foot. Their cruisers reduced to a crumpled hunks of metal in a matter of minutes. Kerrion said that some are saying he's a hero. He just destroyed the protection of the community. Well, you know, I don't support uh, violence. Of course, there wasn't anyone in the vehicle, so was it actually a violent act? I don't know about that. That's an interesting question. Do you think that what Roger uh, Pyan did was an uh, was a violent act? 855-450-FREE. I don't support violence, but I do support monkey wrenching. And uh, And, you know, if the cops weren't out there hurting peaceful people and they actually were protecting the community in this, this case, man never would have done that right this was a, a marijuana arrest that's right and many people many police officers many police officers will say well i you know if you don't like the marijuana laws go to your legislature and get them changed but this really what it ignores is is the discretion that officers have and in that discretion, consider that there are all kinds of stupid laws that officers don't enforce. There's sodomy laws. Mm. You don't see them skulking about people's windows and looking in, mm-hmm. trying to find people sodomizing each other. There's these, uh, like, you can't uh, skydive naked on a Sunday. Can't uh, play sports on Sunday here you know, in New I've, I've heard all kinds of these things. It's difficult to find them. Uh, Brad Jardis, who is uh, running for sheriff here in uh, New Hampshire at, uh, what is it, bradforsheriff.com. That's right. He... Uh, he he says that it's illegal, and he's looked it up the law. It's illegal to put anything in a milk carton. So that's not you, milk. That's not milk, right? So if you were to you know drink milk out of a carton, open that carton up, and then shove your napkin in it, he said that misdemeanor. is a misdemeanor. Yeah. Um, and then there's all kinds of ones that you'll find that uh, people will talk about dumb laws. I'm not sure. That, I've never been able to find these things, so I, I'm not going to repeat them. But uh, uh, you know, there's there's one like here in New Hampshire. Supposedly, it's illegal to uh, look upward while urinating on a Sunday. I don't know. Uh, supposedly in Florida, you can't uh, skydive naked and it oh, may there's be plenty of these things you know you can look up dumb laws online and get i don't know if they're true though they don't cite them oh really yeah that's what i don't like about it is somebody could have just written them um them down and i don't know well that is all they ever do anyway the government legislature just a bunch of people writing stuff down it's true that uh that there's all kinds of dumb laws but i agree with you they should be cited they if should they're be a still citation. In the books. 
Uh, so Pyan's friends, though, are painting a different picture of the Newport man. Tina Thompson, one of his friends, said Roger would be there for anybody. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. They say he was pushed to his breaking point after police hounded him for years. They said that he can't even leave his property without them being on him, ticketing him. I happen to know that they stopped now, him. I'll tell you what. I had a uh, city councilor in this town tell me that this happened to him when he voted against something for the uh, police or mm-hmm. something like that. And they, they bothered him every <clears throat> single night was the statement that he made to me. So do I believe this? Sure. You can get to the wrong side of the law. Yeah. Even in, uh, you know, especially in a smaller town where they, they know, know who they you know are. where you are. Right? They know what you drive. They know who you, where you live. And they know imagine what are. it feels like to know that if you're going to go out of town, that they're going to come after you. I happen to know, his friend said, that they stopped him the night before and that morning about his dog in his front seat. I'm not really sure where when the sheriffs became dog wardens. Thompson is standing behind Pine because she says her biracial daughter was also singled out by the sheriffs. To get even, she's contributing hundreds to Pine's defense fund. And his lawyer says she's not alone. Donations are coming in from around the globe. According to his lawyer, there seems to be a growing sense we're over-policed these days. Yeah, no kidding. Slay says, that's his lawyer, David Slay, says the contributions will go directly to litigation costs. His client is facing 14 criminal charges. He pled not guilty to all of them on Tuesday, but not before his lawyer tried to get some of them tossed out. And this is, right, and this is part of it. Uh, They'll pile these uh, charges up and up and up in order to uh, get Mm -hmm. you to plea bargain out. They don't want... They, they don't want um, – and this is the police and the prosecutors and everybody. They don't want you to take this to trial. They don't want to have to deal with trials. Very, very few charges. I believe that 94 percent was the number end up in um, – uh, you know, a uh, a plea bargain situation, and then far fewer than ninety nine percent, or far fewer than one uh, percent, ends up at an actual trial. So I guess those others are just charges that are dropped in there. That five percent or whatever that's in there, five plus percent, are just charges that are dropped. But uh, you know, police, if you don't like people celebrating this guy running over the cars, and perhaps you know, it could have been an officer was sleeping in the back and got injured. You never could have been. Um, I mean, it's his break. I don't have a problem with somebody sleeping on their break, taking a 15-minute nap or whatever. I don't have a problem with them sleeping anyway, even if they're out on the highway. <laughs> but if Not you pulling people over, then. If this offends you, and I can understand why it would, I mean, this is a, this is a, th- this is a bodily threat. If this offends you, consider that people really do feel that they're over-policed. Yeah. Consider that they want you to... You know, not be out there making sure that uh, anybody who rolls through a stop sign gets a ticket or, uh, you know, anybody who's carrying a little bit of dried plant material in their pocket gets a ticket, but that they want you to catch the the murderers and the rapists and the and and they, they consider that when you take an oath to defend them against enemies, foreign and domestic, that they're pretty sure that the enemies domestic are in their government and that. You know, it's hard to get anybody to enforce laws against these government officials. I mean, everybody knows the story. They about, won't enforce it on themselves. They, they, they know the story about the governor of uh, New Jersey driving as quickly as he wanted to down the road. Uh, police escorts uh, along the way just because, oh, I'm late for a meeting. Mm, yeah. Well, he's important. He's the governor. Right. And, you know, the police aren't pulling him over and giving him a ticket. Right. They're escorting him. Your meetings, not important. His meetings, important. That's right. He's the head criminal gang member yeah and And, you know this isn't cop hating you know it's not a cop hating show just want to hold them accountable right and you know you keep pushing people you keep arresting people you keep hurting people who've never harmed another person again his friends say this guy is not a violent person he is not out to to hurt people (laughs) 
Well, but he, there's nothing to prove that he's violent. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't attempt to hurt anybody. He just wanted to destroy the property that enables these criminals to hurt peaceful people. You know, again, if they were going around just arresting real criminals with real victims, murderers, rapists, arsonists, you know, you name it, these actual criminals, if that's all they were doing, never would have had their cars crushed. Never would have happened. So this is just the natural outgrowth of the continual aggression. It's just like the, uh, you know, the 9-11 attacks on a much smaller scale. You keep pushing people, and they're going to strike back at some point. Yeah, there's going to be canaries in the, in the coal mine. It doesn't mean it's okay what happened on 9-11. It wasn't okay. It was wrong for what, to, what those people did. But it's understandable why they did it. They did it because there were a bunch of U.S. military people and other CIA agents and such. Just doing their job. Hurting people. Their job hurting people, assaulting and killing and raping and maiming. At that time, they really weren't doing very much of that, uh, the 9-11 point. And to make that clear, they were just there supporting kings and sheiks and dictators. I mean, take a look at Yemen. But they've been doing it for decades. Sure they have. But the, the claims that you're making, the U.S. soldiers generally weren't doing. The fact that... That the CIA has been there and the Shah and all that stuff, all kinds of crazy, you know, political machinations going on behind the scenes at the behest of the U.S. federal government. It's a surprise that that stuff didn't happen sooner than 9-11 attacks. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy. I'm mortgage lender throughout all 50 states in this great country of ours. The majority of people in the United States love the 30-year fix. We're the only country that actually has a 30-year fix. And you pay a very big price to get a low monthly payment. If you were to refinance into a $350,000 30-year fixed in the low threes, it would take you seven years to pay it down from 350000 to 300000 If instead you refinance into a 15-year fixed in the high twos, it would only take you two and a half years to pay it down. And in seven years, you would pay all the way down from 350000 to 200000 You can't afford this kind of treatment. You must get into a better loan, and we'll show you how. Call us at 866-288-0088, 866-288-0088, or go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Until next time, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy. Talk Live. Bring us whatever you want as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Toll free number 855 453 SACL CAI toll free line 1 855 450 3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, control the content of the site, submit things to it, vote on those that are already there, vote up, vote down, however you feel. You can go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. All right, so we uh, will get to this Bible story, Mark. You've got this thing about the original Bible. I guess somebody's claiming there's more a bunch, of the Torah is probably of mis- the most accurate. Yeah. Bunch of mistakes in there. Uh, but first, I want to continue the discussion about what's going on with Roger Pyan. He is uh, from Newport, Vermont, and as you might have heard in the news last week, what he- port is in Vermont? The new one, Newport. <laughs> uh, he. Ran over seven police cruisers with what they describe here as a monster tractor. And these things are absolutely damaged beyond any hope of, uh, of repair. At least I, I'm no car expert. Sure, sure as hell looks that way. He crushed them real good. 
And they've now charged him with 14 different criminal charges. He has pled not guilty to all of them as of Tuesday. His attorney is going to be helping him out here. They're collecting money to assist him with his legal funds. And money has been coming in from all around the country, maybe even around the world. This guy's definitely attracted a lot of attention. And according to his attorney, he says that I don't think there's any evidence to show that Roger intended to hurt anyone. He began to back up toward them as they sat in their cruisers, so they started to back up as they were in fear that Roger was going to drive the tractor right over them, according to the county prosecutor. But Pyan's lawyer told the judge the state didn't have enough evidence to meet the standard for attempted aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. He also argued that Pyan's seven counts of unlawful mischief, one for each cruiser destroyed, should be reduced to one count. He said you can't charge someone with separate counts if there was only one crime committed. Yep. It's a violation of double jeopardy. We tried to get the sheriff's department on the phone Tuesday, this is WCAX, uh, on Tuesday to respond to the har- harassment allegations. They don't respond. They were unavailable for comment. On Friday, Sheriff Kirk Martin would not say whether Pine was out for revenge. The judge made no ruling on the disputed charges on Tuesday. His decision should come with a few days. Pine is being held for lack of $50,000 bail. Tractor incident took out more than half the fleet of the Orleans County Sheriff's Department. The crushed cars were shipped to Albany, New York to be sold at auction for spare parts. In the meantime, the sheriffs are borrowing cruisers from other counties, and Essex is helping them out with their daily transports. The damage is surpassing $250,000, and there's no timeline yet as to when new cruisers will be ready. But what's clear is that replacing the cars will ultimately fall on the taxpayers. And for that, from that perspective... That's really the only perspective I think that is valid here to oppose what he did in that his actions inevitably will come from the pockets or the the costs of his actions will come from the pockets of the taxpayers. The sheriff's department doesn't have to, you know, shoulder any of this. They'll just take more money from people. And that's why ultimately I don't think this is very effective, you know, this particular form of, uh, of protest, if you will. But on the other hand... Maybe you could argue that it's incredibly effective in that he's gotten international press. He's made big-time headlines. There's a lot of people that are celebrating his actions. I mean, I'm not going to do that here, but I I feel you. Yeah, I feel him too. I don't blame him. I understand the anger. I understand the frustration. I understand wanting to lash out and... And he did it in a way that no human beings were harmed, so I can't find fault with you know his method in this particular well, case. Well, human beings are harmed because the government's going to come out and uh, demand more money for more sheriff's cars. That's true. Here in uh, in in New England, but the that's way- not his fault. Well, it is. And it isn't, right? I no, mean, you know, it's not your fault that there's a criminal gang in town that is uh, assaulting and, and threatening people on a regular basis. It's uh, your fault when you know what the reasonable outcome of your actions are. And that's the reasonable outcome. I don't think it's your fault ever when uh, the reaction of a criminal gang to having some of their tools of criminality destroyed by someone is to continue the same thing they've always done. I mean, they they're not doing anything different. They've always been uh, pillaging people in the town of uh, Newport, just as they do in your town. Mm-hmm. So nothing significantly different is, is being done, and, uh, except for the fact that maybe they're going to have to increase their budget uh, next year. And I don't know how they go about doing Maybe. that. Don't they have to ask the county commission in order to do that first? Do they have? Don't they have to go and pull some sort of political strings in order to get a higher budget? They can't just not from the count. Uh, is it hold it? The, the sheriff's, de- sheriff's office, sheriff's department. I think that the county is going to, you know, yeah, the county is going to submit submit a budget, and that's what's going to get done. Sorry. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And are the, the sheriffs going to stop? 
uh, arresting people for pot? No. Probably not. No time soon. If they did, that'd be great. And ultimately, like, if you could... If you could, by running over a bunch of sheriff's cruisers, get them to stop arresting peaceful people for uh, for having cannabis, sure. and if the, it was the taxpayers had to pay three hundred, then we could talk about it. If, but it's not going to be effective, right? But that's what I'm saying. If if the taxpayers had to pay three hundred thousand dollars in order to get the sheriffs to stop arresting people for for peaceful things, that would be well worth it because then they wouldn't be paying to put all those people in prison cells for however long and however much costs per uh, per prisoner, which is you know not a small amount of money. Sure. So but if it ended up emptying out the prison from all the violent people that are, or not, excuse me, nonviolent people that are in there, violent people belong in then, the prison. Then the money might be worth it. Like the local jail here, you could cut, you could clear out fifty to seventy-five percent of the people that are sitting in there. Eighty percent of most jails, easy, and leave only the dangerous people in there. Cut the rest of them out. Cut the staff down to a fourth of what it currently is. Cut the costs, the operating costs of the prison yep. down to Turn by out half. The lights. Turn off the air conditioner. Stop feeding 80% of the jail. Imagine what the savings Let would be. Let them go. Let them get back into the economy. Let them get, get jobs again. Go they back don't need to, work. to build all these new jails that are going up all over the country. They can stick them in the same old jails that they had been in for 100 years. I mean, I don't frankly care when it comes down to you know violent people that are a flight risk and, and you know, the very few people. I still think that uh, and oftentimes they, 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 they push this uh, flight risk thing, but... So there you go. If that's what it took, if all you could, if all you had to do was just crush some cop cars to make it, make the uh, the aggression against peaceful people stop, then I would fully support it. But it's not ultimately going to do anything. It's going to make some news. At least he wasn't, you know, a crazy man with a gun like the uh, what was crazy he? man with a tractor. What, uh, <laughs> but like you know the the killdozer guy yeah. who had taken a, a tractor or whatever and built a tank around it basically, and then proceeded to destroy. The town and, you know, was armed. And, and then got finally caught on what, like a, a median. Yeah, thing. he ran up over the median and got and stuck. And somebody ran up and then shot him through one of the little... He uh, actually iced himself. Oh, did he? Yeah. But what was the one, there was a t- somebody who got a t- an actual tank, was driving it around with like the Oh, turret the guy with backward. the tank, yeah. And then a cop jumps on top of that and uh, shoots off into it and then the bullet bounces around in there and turns him into Swiss cheese. I remember that story. I don't remember where it happened, though. I think that was in California, if I remember correctly. But, so, you know. our toll-free number here tonight is 855-453. Do you think that this was violent? Is it violent to roll over a bunch of cop cars with a tractor? And cost all the taxpayers the cost of nine cop cars. Can Roger Pyon bear the blame for that, uh, for the for the, what the government so is going to inevitably do? what do you think his do? punishment should be? Let me ask you this. I don't think he's done anything that's ultimately wrong. I mean, he hasn't. Uh, the, the property that he destroyed was no one's. The property that he destroyed was the so property of a criminal everybody's, gang. Everybody's right. I mean, you know, like the property. No one's and everyone's at the same time. I mean, the, the claim is that the government has uh, is the property owner of those things, but the government isn't a real thing. It's just an idea. Uh, it's the human beings that are working for the government don't own those things. They don't claim to own them. The city of uh, Newport or town of Newport or the sheriff's department of uh, X County is the one that's going to claim to own that stuff. And all of those organizations are funded through coercion. They're funded through stealing and threatening. P- uh, threatening people with violence so therefore just as any criminal who's on the streets stealing money from people doesn't own the things that he buys with that money in the same way the police department doesn't legitimately own these cop cars turn them to to, uh, to scrap metal as far as i'm concerned 
I think that he broke them. He therefore he buys them. Um, he needs to, uh, you know, he, the the town needs to be. Oh, if he buys them, then he gets to take them home with him, right? Because then they're he, his. He, the, the junk is his, as far as I'm concerned. But he needs to uh, re- recompense the the town for the cost of whatever it is that he destroyed. The town doesn't exist. It's just an idea. Yeah, but it is an idea. They're a criminal that, gang. Why would you say a criminal but it's a gang? Real- Criminal gang, They're a right? criminal gang. Why would you say that a criminal gang is owed anything? Because the from people having this, of that town, you are destroy have to pay the, for it. the the vehicles of a bunch of aggressive people, and you're saying the aggressors deserve payback? No, sir. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. But what do you think? One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I don't support necessarily what he did, but Sounds I'm like hard it. pressed to find something wrong with it. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number tonight for you, 855-453. The Sacred CAI toll free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have for you there, including the mobile site. For those of you with smartphones, you can visit m.freetalklive.com. Quick access available there to our live streams. Broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show are all there for you, and they're all free. Go to m, as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com. That's m, dot freetalklive.com on your smartphone. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. You can incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents there, um, all kinds of things to protect your family and your business, whether it's patents or wills or trademarks, LLCs, uh, living trusts, you can get them at LegalZoom.com. It's not a law firm, but, uh, you know, they're created by attorneys. Fortune Magazine calls LegalZoom.com blessedly simple. I, tr- I made a will over at LegalZoom.com. It was fast and easy. If you have a family, you need one. Use coupon code FTL. Save $10 on your order at LegalZoom.com. Again, coupon code FTL, LegalZoom.com. All right, so we're going to go to your phone calls here. I also want to share a couple of responses from uh, Facebook, and we've been uh, tweeting and Facebooking, and a question mark that you had uh, asked a moment ago was, is running over police cars with a tractor violence? According to Mike Cole, he says, no, it's free speech. Dustin Hansen says, yes, in some way it's justifiable because it's retaliation against aggression. It may be misdirected, though, but how could you direct it properly? Still effing badass. Uh, and then they link to a webpage on Facebook. There are Facebook. a lot of people that support this. Uh, web no doubt. On Facebook called Roger Pion the Magnificent. And if you go to this page, there are now over 2,245 likes for Roger Pion on Facebook. A it's lot kinda, of kind of kind of small, actually. I would have expected more. A lot of people are, uh, you know, supporting him. They're sending money over to him. Dan Han- Hanner says, "No, it's an assertive form of expression." 855-453, you're welcome to register your thoughts. Is it ever appropriate to do what Roger Pyan did? I mean, should people be happy with him because he didn't actually hurt anybody? 
Is that why we should be, uh, you know, pleased with his actions? At the same time, I am pleased that he didn't hurt anybody. Other and people at this point, as far as I'm concerned, it only enters into the world of the philosophical. I mean, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about it because he didn't hurt anyone. But I do think that when it comes down to it. It's pretty clear that most people in the town of Newport, Vermont, probably believe to themselves that they need police. Those police need cars to do their jobs. So therefore, destroying those people's cars that they're going to give to those police means that those police need those cars to be replaced. And so therefore, he just essentially cost them that. I understand his frustration. I understand uh, that the police officers today, sadly, uh, you know, we're we're over policed, and you know, I mean, to some extent, that burden falls upon the police themselves. Maybe it falls upon the people to some extent, the politicians to some extent, but it falls upon the police also to some extent. So I don't know what the answers are, but yeah, I, these people are going to have to pay. I mean, he should he should pay to replace these cars. Let's continue here. I don't agree with that, but let's continue. Uh, Mass is with us in Hawaii. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mass. Uh, yeah, this is Max and Maui, and I'm from New York originally, 50 years in Manhattan. And what bothers me is these uh, big municipalities, they have insurance contracts that protect them in these cases. Good so point. It's not like you've been a white you're not going to wipe out the total town budget because they've got all their liaisons and crookedness. They can afford the insurance. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that point up. That's absolutely true. Uh, police departments are insured, and so that could be a factor. Although, if these things keep happening to the department, they'll lose their insurance. You got that right, too. I'm just saying I wouldn't cry over one little thing that uh, that happened there. And uh, it's luckily there's no innocent people in the police cars. The good people, of course. <laughs> well, you know, to some extent, this is going to drive up insurance rates for everybody, and um, therefore, why would it do that? Because that's how insurance companies work. They do. They well, spread. They need, they need, insurance companies need a certain amount of losses so they can have an excuse to jack up the rate. Well, I, I, what makes you think that you're buying insurance from the same company the police are? I mean, this is a specialized kind of insurance that they're buying. Okay, because police departments buy insurance, and everybody, large, most people pay money to police departments. So, therefore, all police departments need this kind of insurance, and therefore, it costs everybody. I get what you're saying there, Mark, but as I think uh, Mass is pointing out here, the the amount that they have to pay out will not be as large because of the insurance policy. I'm not saying it, you know, it's not going to be a huge hit that's going to wipe them out or anything like right. that. Right. The, the point I'm trying to make is that everybody across the nation, Max brings a great point to the, to the table. This didn't cost the people of Newport, Vermont. This costs the people of the nation because the uh, the insurance company is going to say, well, look, we, we this is what we do. We spread uh, you know costs of bad things over a bunch of people, making it, you know, Making it so that it's uh, you know less likely that you'll have to bear the burden. So I mean, everybody's rates are going to go up a little bit. No doubt about that. In the principle, Matt, thanks for the uh, the call tonight. Uh, anything else you want to share? Oh, that's the better. You're doing a good job appreciate, over there. Appreciate hearing from you, sir. Thank you, Mass. Enjoy the uh, weather out in Hawaii. Eight five five four fifty free. Robert, listening in Wilmington to the Big Talker FM. Hey, Robert. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your uh, mind tonight? Want, want to touch base on the, uh, the drug issue in prison and that. Uh, one, not only marijuana, but drugs in general. 
I mean, being addicted to a drug should not be illegal. I agree. Stupid, yes, but what they need is help. You know, I mean, that's the answer, or not help, whatever. I mean, but it's just more cost-effective in general. Yeah, absolutely, but you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help, want to get the help, and so oh, forcing no, people no, into you don't want uh, help. If, you know, if that's if that's where you want to go with your life, that's where you go. Don't ask me for nothing, right? But unless you commit a crime, taking something from it, then you know that's your business. If you want to be a bum, uh, you know whatever, that's your business. And two, um, my, my father's actually in prison. Uh, he's he's serving life without parole when he started a program out there in California, and he's educating um, people. And I'm not talking about just getting them a high school diploma. I'm talking about getting, you know, bachelors and stuff. I mean, he's, he's educating people, and he's handling it. He's not letting the state take control of it. He's hmm. actually handling it still. And his return rate on general population in, in, in California is 75%. Go in the system, you come out. 75% chance you're going back in the system. If you go through his system, it's 25%. Hmm, that's pretty good. And it costs the state nothing. Yeah. And, What's, what and, is his system and called? Regardless is there a name of for what it? people do, huh? Is there a name for it? What he what he calls it? Well, uh, well, what uh, National Geographic did a thing on it's called inmate U. It's called what? Inmate U. Inmate U. University. Yeah. Oh, inmate in U. Gotcha. Inmate University. Yeah. Inmate U. The letter. Oh man. Hey, and thanks for sharing that, Robert. I, you know, I appreciate the call, and I think you're absolutely right about the war on drugs. It's insane. It needs to end. And unfortunately, a lot of these uh, governmental people think that, oh, well, if we decriminalize drugs, we can just force everyone into treatment if they get caught with them. And that's not a good solution either. That's just a money-making scheme for the treatment centers that are politically connected. You can't force a drug addict into treatment. They have to be ready to make that step on their own. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, dial in toll free, bring up anything you want. 855 453. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 855 450 3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we are giving to you there. Uh, the whole site, free for you over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy it. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And the toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you've got a company and you're sick and tired of dealing with accounts receivable because you got into business to do whatever it is that you got into business to do, SACL CIA can handle your accounts receivable for you. You see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI. SACL CAI. Great company. Been behind this show for a long time. So, once again, that number brought to you by SACL CAI is 855-450-FREE. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything you want, whether it's a comment on Roger Pyan, the man who is currently facing who knows how many years in jail. They're looking at 14 different counts, uh, probably misdemeanors and uh, that sort of thing at the very least. So, he may be looking at a decade in jail uh, for running over uh, several police cruisers with a tractor, what they describe as a monster tractor. Why? Well, because the police have harassed him 
for a long time, according to friends. They just won't leave him alone. And this tends to be how、uh, a lot of police behave, is they'll behave as, as you know, kind of typical bullies. And in, in a lot of cases, some cops were bullies. And in other, co- in other cases, the cops were bullied、uh, when they were in school. And now they get to,、uh, you know, reverse roles and become the bullies themselves. Some do, some don't, some sort of natural protectors. But a lot of the time, when, yeah, you know, now and then there's some good ones out there, but a lot of the time,、uh, the police will continue to pick on the victims that they've hit before because, like, they've, a decided, bully, they've decided they're bad people. Maybe they've decided they're bad people, or maybe they just know that they're going to roll over and pay up. Maybe they know that、uh, they're a good victim. Because if you are an easy mark, if you're somebody who is likely to pay the fines, even if you're getting on the payment plan, because a lot of poor people can't just afford it, you, know, you get caught with some pot, you get hit with a $400 some dollar fine.、Uh, up here, I think it's a $420 fine, ironically enough.、Uh, you get hit with a fine. It's not、like. ironic, they made it that way. Yeah.、Uh, they, you get hit with one of those fines. Most people who are going into district court. Can't afford to just cut into the bank account and、uh, cut a check for, for that much money. So they get on the payment plan where they're making payments on that amount. And then, of course, they're paying a finance fee on top of that for the payment plan. So the court's raking in money every single month from these people. And when they run out of that.、Uh, yeah, it's like Rent a Center, only you're not renting anything. Right. Well, you're renting your freedom, I guess, in that case.、Yeah. Because if you didn't pay the fine, at least here in New Hampshire, I don't know how it is in Vermont or in other places, but if you don't pay the fine, they'll put you in jail for 50 bucks a day off the fine. Show will. And then you'll work it off because they're going to put you on a work crew where you're going to be out shoveling S at the,、uh, the local fairgrounds or mowing the side of a mountain or something like that. Yep, that's、you'll, what they're going to do. You'll essentially be a slave for the county. And so, you know, once you run out, you know, once you've paid your $400 fine off, well, then you're all set for another one. It's time they pull you over again and charge you with some other violation of some sort. You know, come up with something. Because they can always come up with something. Even if they can't find you with a joint or an open container or something like that, they can always hit you with, you know,、uh, whatever license plate light is out or brake lights out or, you know, you name it. There's, there's something that they can get you for. And so they'll just hit you with another one, send you back to court, get you another guilty finding, get you another $100 fine. That's what it's all about. It's not about protecting anyone. Because if it actually were about protecting people, then people would love the police. They would,、uh, they would just adore the police. They would, I mean, obviously, well, there are a lot of people that、okay. worship the cops so, now. But. The criminals would not like the police if the, if the police were out、uh, you know, just stopping the few criminals that were out there. They'd still hate them. But the problem is, is the government has turned so many people into criminals. And sadly, the police who are supposed to protect us against enemies, foreign and domestic, are working in collusion because they understand that they wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for all the illegal things that were out there. So, you know, you have people who have smoked marijuana or are working with people who've smoked marijuana on the police force arresting people for smoking marijuana. For sure. And then saying that marijuana should not be, that there shouldn't be even any change to it. Because what they'll say to you when, the, when you're talking about marijuana, well, this is what this、uh, peon or pion was、mm-hmm. uh, arrested for, by the way. Is when the police will say, oh, well, you know, you're going to have to change that with the legislature. But then when you try to change it with the legislature, the cops come out. The cops come out in force. Oh, my God, this is terrible. Well, I'll tell you what, the mar-、right. marijuana laws do nothing to protect the average individual. They don't do anything, they protect bureaucrats' jobs. And no cops will come out to testify. 
in favor of decriminalization, even if they personally believe in it, because they're afraid of retaliation on the part of the police For chiefs. For very good reason. There's all kinds of evidence. Yep. Let's go to Devin. He's listening also to The Big Talker in Wilmington, North Carolina. Hey, Devin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing? Just great. What's on um, your mind A little tonight? bit off subject. No, your, no, it's uh, all right. Free Talk Live, man. You can call about anything. Go ahead. Um, yeah, a little, little, um, a little bit off subject, like I said, but uh, I want to hear what your guys' opinion is of this World Bank and the UN being like the world government. I hear a lot of people talking about it, and you know, I'm not haven't done too much research on my own, but you know, it maybe sounds like a little bit of a crazy conspiracy theory. But you know, with this whole uh, Obama administration trying to backdoor the Second Amendment, I just want to know what your guys' opinion of this world government and uh, new world order, so to speak. Terrible idea. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, uh, that, 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 you know, when you look at the two uh, political parties among the duopoly in Washington, D.C., that uh, they take certain sides of the fence. And the side of the fence, uh, the, the U.N. side of the fence, tends to be the Democrats. Um, and, you know, I think that the Republicans— Really? Did uh, George Bush leave the U.N.? When he, he was not. in office, have the Republicans voted to uh, exit the UN? Nope. nope. Okay, sure. so then you know they both support the UN. Right. One right. one uh, pays larger lip service than the other. Gotcha. Um, and I think that you know the Democrats probably want a little more of this uh, sort of world control thing. Um, I, you know, the UN doesn't have any elected officials, so I I think that would be really weird. But they, they're trying to create this uh, homogeny these uh, these laws that can be used in all kinds of municipalities and states and and governments um, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, homogeny doesn't work for people. Well, it's also centralization. And, uh, you know, the, you look at centralization and how it fails time and time again. You try to uh, you know, look at big companies, for instance, you know, the clear channels of the world and the, uh, the, you know, these humongous corporations become less efficient as they become larger and more centrally controlled. It's better to have. Uh, they may be efficient in some ways. They're less nimble. Okay, whatever. I know that working for big corporations can be really frustrating in a lot of ways because they're very inefficient in a lot of ways on the inside of their their operations. And that's because, you know, the control is coming down from some central board or in the case of government, some central bureaucracy. So we know that Washington, D.C. is a major failure of centralization. You know the Soviet Union was a major failure of centralization. And so the idea that uh, taking all the world's governments and then centralizing the control over them into one place would inevitably be a terror you know, be a horrible failure, uh, and it's a, just a terrible idea all around. The the best solution is decentralization, is secession, to have more choices for people, to have more options out there in the marketplace of countries in which to live. Uh, to the, the original idea behind the, the United States was that it was supposed to be this kind of federalism concept where there would be you know different. T- States doing different things, trying out new ideas, crucibles uh, of democracy, right, and uh, and kind of giving people the opportunity to move back and forth between them and sort of vote with their feet. And it didn't end up working that way because of centralization of power, uh, which is power what, tends to grow and right. um, centralize, right, which is what happened with Washington D.C. So you take the principle against centralization and you apply it, and nobody who supports uh, you know decentralized efforts could possibly support the UN. So definitely against it here. All right. So there you go. You can bring up anything here on Free Talk Live. It's a, you don't have to – if you call into the show, you don't have to apologize for, uh, for changing the topic. We like that. We like it when people call in with, uh, with stuff that we weren't expecting to talk about. Obviously, we come to the table with, uh, with stuff on our plate, but uh, it's, it's always interesting to you know, open the phones up and, and see what comes in. So, Devin, anything else you want to share about your thoughts on the U.N.? 
you know, I just, I agree with what you guys said. I think it's a horrible idea. I mean, if you can't get it right with one country, why do you think a bunch of them could come together as one right. and make it work? So, exactly. I mean, I I completely mean get it, you the, know? the whole so. idea of representative government is ridiculous in the first place because no, these representatives, they call themselves that, they can't represent you because you and I and Mark, we don't all agree on everything. So how could another human being possibly claim to represent any of us, let alone more than one of us, when that other human being has his own interests? In mind, and I thank you for the call, Devin. And of course, there's also the World Bank question as well. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, world currencies in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features. They are completely free. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. Hey, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, head on over to freetalklive.com and you can uh, throw some bitcoins in the bitcoin tip jar go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com that'll take you to the place where you can get the bitcoin address that you'll need to uh, add some bitcoins to the tip jar that's uh, again bitcoin.freetalklive.com and also on the bitcoin.freetalklive.com page are links to other useful sites that'll give you more information about bitcoin and we'll come back around to bitcoin in a little bit here because we're going to talk about the World Bank. Uh, we had a gentleman call in a moment ago who uh, had asked the question regarding uh, the UN slash the World Bank and how do we feel about that? Because, uh, well, we're brand new on the air down in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, on the Big Talker FM down there, and a lot of people haven't heard the uh, the message that uh, the, you know the principled, consistent liberty message ever on the radio before. Uh, because, you know, we they had Mark Levin on prior to this show. And, hey, he wrote a book called Liberty and Tyranny. Yeah, he says the word liberty, but that doesn't mean he has any real idea what he's talking about. And uh, so let's talk about the World Bank and the idea, at least the idea of that there should be some sort of a World Bank, that, uh, you know, there should be a global currency, because there are certainly people in... A lot of times what this World Bank will do, will go in and bail out some you know, failing state, and then essentially take it over as sort of a franchise, as a puppet state. For the UN, essentially? Yeah, for the, for their interests, whatever yeah. their interests might be. I mean, it's certainly involved in this whole thing. What is the t- connection between the World Bank and the UN? I, you know, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you precisely what the connection is. I believe the World Bank is uh, be largely underwritten by the Federal Reserve and the banks thereof. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to know these things. It took me a long time just to find out what the member banks were of the Federal Reserve. Right. It's not like they put put this information out on Front Street for you to find out. The Federal Reserve, although it sounds like a government agency, isn't a government agency. It's a uh, it's it's a an organization of uh, very powerful banks: Goldman Sachs, Bank of America. So the Federal Reserve, bad idea. Let's start before we talk about the World Bank. Let's talk about the other banks around the world. The other centrally central controlled, they, you know, they're called central banks. Right. A so, central bank is is a organization that essentially issues the currency. In a given state. 
Right. So, and sometimes state by state, I mean government. Sometimes they're state run. Sometimes they're quasi private. Uh, they claim to be privately operated, but they're still inherently tied in with the state because they're the only uh, company essentially that that prints the money for the the operation of the state. And so, let's look at the Federal Reserve and see why it's such a bad idea, and then. People should understand why the World Bank is an even worse idea. Because what you have right now is the Federal Reserve and these other central banks around the the, uh, the globe that are manufacturing what they call fiat currency. And uh, it's worth something because we say it is, is basically uh, you know what a fiat, what a fiat currency is. is. A fiat means it's a, it's a dictate from a, a It's a liege, decree. Yeah. And uh, you know, therefore, they say it's worth something, and it is. And the way that the United States currency basically went about being, uh, you know, people from the U.S. being tricked in this way is, you know, first they had, uh, you know, dollars that were backed by silver. You could exchange a greenback for a certain amount of silver, and there you were. You had some silver. And as a matter That's of fact, real money. They, had, they had silver in silver dollars. It was a dollar's worth of silver. Mm-hmm. Silver, and but slowly they changed this. They take the dollar backing, the silver backing away in drips and drabs until, in I think it was the 1970 under Nixon, might have been 69, might have been 71. I'm not sure exactly, but right about then they cut the last cord and that's when inflation really took off essentially prices didn't change much from 1913 when the federal reserve was instituted to 1970 things were pretty pretty flat but then once they cut that last cord well they essentially what they called debased the currency there right. was no more base no longer of value. Base. <laughs> right there's no base of value uh, to which it was tied the value at that point became only what the market you know sort of decided that it uh, that it was worth and of and the course mar- as the as the more and more currency is added into the market the market adjusts accordingly because then you have the you've got the same amount of goods in the market being chased by larger and larger pool of uh, of money and that's yeah. by definition Inflation. Inflation isn't what they teach you in government school where they'll tell you, oh, it's a rise in prices. No, no, no. Inflation is – the rise in prices is a symptom of inflation. Inflation inflation, itself is the increase in the money supply. Inflation is counterfeiting done by the one organization that it's legal by. I mean why, why does the government not want counterfeit currency? Ask yourself that because it's inflating their money supply without their permission. Basically, it's the, they get the value in whatever way they get it. They get the value for creating the currency, and they don't want you to. They get the value, and the first in line uh, companies also get some of it as well. So when the Federal Reserve prints up all this money, uh, the people that are first to receive it, whether it's the banks or, uh, in some cases, you know, politically connected contractors like KBR, Halliburton, these people, they get the value out of that money because they're getting the first siphoned off amount. Essentially, whenever they print out that money or increase you know, the numbers in, uh, in a computer somewhere, they're increasing the money supply, thereby destroying the value in your wallet, uh, whereas the people right. that receive that first printed money, hey, it's a windfall of cash for them. Right. So imagine uh, that you lived in a, you know, a little bubble with a few other people and there were only $100. If you could counterfeit another $100, then you added it to the marketplace. A, you would benefit from having that extra free $100. But B, um, I mean, you can see how the currency would be debased. There were $100 and everybody did all their exchanges in that. And now there are $200. So now ex- And the eventually the market would figure it out and the coconuts would go up from a dollar to $2. That's right. 
So there you go. Uh, that's a little bit of an explanation of uh, some of the aspects of the Federal Reserve System. And so now take that uh, that fiat currency system and and look at how screwed up it is and how it you know just you know just messes with the market signals that are going on in this country. Well, it also creates then, two classes of people, and I think there's more than two. But you know, well, there's, there's the politically connected class and everyone else. Right. It creates two classes. Which class do you want to be in? The class that creates the money out of thin air or the class that has to spend the money out of, uh, that has been created out of thin air? So I'll, I got a hint for you. You'll never be in the class that creates the money out of thin air. Take a look at how awful the Federal Reserve System is and then look at how it's to some extent – at a, to a very small extent, checked by the existence of the other fiat currencies. I mean, you could always, you know, invest your money in other places. You could move money into other currencies and try to kind of hedge your bets there. But ultimately, they're all inflating. So it's never a safe, you know, safe move to have money in, in fiat currency. But to some extent, they are kind of a check on one another to, a, yeah, again, a very small extent. Take all that away. Get rid of all of the world's currencies, this, you know, various different currencies around the world, the yen, the, uh, you know, the ruple or uh, the ru- what is it the the Russian one is it ruble 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 uh, you know take all these currencies wash them away and make one great U S one uh, great uh, world currency issued by a world bank and the people who control that world bank would then control everything I mean they would have their the amount of wealth that they could siphon off for themselves would be just incredible. There would be no other checks on it except for the other things that they can't control, like gold and silver and Bitcoin and these uh, alternative currencies that exist in the market that aren't being issued by uh, by any sort but of government. The government's government. on pretty uh, you know steadily coming after gold and silver. Um, they want you to report to the buying and selling on 1099s. They have uh, taken the Liberty Dollar, which is an alternative currency made out of silver, and uh, you know arrested them for counterfeiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, this wasn't a counterfeit coin. Um, and, and they've, you know, they've done all kinds of things to shut down trade in real money. The silver and gold, they've been money for thousands of years. And there's a good reason. And there's a good reason why governments around the world don't want anybody using these things to uh, you know do exchange now there's this conspiracy theory out there and i don't know what i think about it but i think it's i guess i think it's interesting (laughs) um that all the wars that have happened in the last few decades have been the united states going after countries that were choosing to do business in uh you know money other than the dollar the the world bank does business in dollars largely the um the, the united states dollar is the world's reserve currency and you can see why this failing empire because empires rise and empires fall um this failing empire would at all costs defend its position as the world's reserve currency every year that it can remain the world's reserve currency, there's a huge benefit to the ruling class in Washington, D.C. Mm. You know, and, I, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to try to do that. Now, I don't know if that's the case. Uh, you know, maybe we're maybe we're fed a bunch of lies through the media. You know, maybe we're not. I don't know. But it's very interesting. So the good news is that a world currency is highly unlikely, in my opinion, because the people in power around the world aren't going to want to give that up. The various different uh, banks that are issuing these fiat currencies around the world would essentially have their influence taken away by the, uh, the rise of a world currency. In the same way that there are different groups struggling for the power to control other men around the world, there are groups that are struggling for the, uh, the power to issue currency, and I doubt they're going to want to just give that up. 
they'd have it'd have to be a real sweet deal for them to walk away for what they've already got. Hour three is next. You take control. Free Talk Live. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855 453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. All right, so we're going to go right into your phone calls. And then coming up, Mark, you've got a story uh, apparently about the Bible and some mistakes that have been found in the original version of it. Um, I'm curious to know what that's all about. But first, Dale's on the line listening to WSJM on the FM band in the Benton Harbor region of Michigan. Hey, Dale. Hey, how are you? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, my question is, is the, um, the statement that U.S. taxpayers are obligated for IMF obligations to the Euro uh, community accurate? Run that by me one more time. I heard a statement on Bloomberg when I was doing a radio interview, and one of the guests said that the United States is obligated for 60% of those obligations of the IMF. And if the IMF bails out the European community, we as taxpayers, by virtue of representing the United States' obligation to the IMF, we essentially as taxpayers in the U.S. are obligated for any obligations that the IMF honors to the euro currency or anywhere within the world. Is that accurate? Well, I, I tell you, if I heard something on Bloomberg, I'd be more likely to um, to agree with, you know, to, to believe it than uh, if I heard it on Free Talk Live. I mean, we're not financial experts by any stretch of the imagination, but I have heard exactly the same thing that uh, as what you've said there, is that if the World Bank goes in, the International Monetary Fund goes in and bails out the European community, the United States taxpayer is on the hook for a good percentage of that. Now, I think it's interesting, the terminology obligation, because I don't see how this obligation was ever created. I don't see any... On you and I, you mean. Right. I I never agreed to, you know, some backing of the International Monetary Fund. I never agreed to any backing of the World Bank. I, you know, my son, at this point, uh, with the the amount of uh, debt that's out there, they're taxing our grandchildren. Uh, You know, people that aren't even conceived yet are being taxed. How in the world can any of us actually be legitimately obligated. These are the obligations of thieves and liars in Washington, D.C. 
And so I guess the real question is, at what point should the press start educating U.S. taxpayers as to these obligations that our corrupt politicians are putting upon not just us, but our children and our grandchildren. Well, that presumes so the press know. knows enough to uh, educate anybody about anything. Important. You know how many medals the United States got in the Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. It looks like so, we've got more know, medals that, than China. That, we win! Right. So my point is U.S. taxpayers really don't have a clue. Our politicians are not educating us as U.S. taxpayers as to what they've obligated us for outside of our country. And I just find it just atrocious that if that fact is accurate, that we are obligated for European communities' failures within their own economies, how will we ever recover as an economy if we're bailing out other countries? So selfishly, you know, I'm looking at our recovery here, and I'm a small businessman, and I fund, you know, I'm a small business finance company, And we fund small businesses, and we've had this credit freeze on small business for five years now, and it's small business that's going to create the jobs to recover. Well, how can a small businessman be obligated for another country, and how can we help our country recover? You know, Dale, I share your concerns, but I'm going to go a step further. I don't want to be obligated to help out the uh, California government. I mean, I'm here in New Hampshire. Uh, You're there in Michigan. I don't want to have anything to do with bailing out California, Illinois, Michigan, all these other places where the governments are in serious uh, financial trouble. Serious trouble. Uh, I mean, billions of dollars owed in back, you know, back payments basically at this point to shore up their, uh, you know, their pension funds and things like that, uh, which, of course, I didn't agree to. I'm not interested in. But ultimately, when California continues to fail or Illinois continues to fail in attempting to uh, you know, catch its budget up to speed as they are failing because they're just not willing to cut their, their, uh, their operations, then they're going to turn to the federal government. And the federal government is going to likely uh, issue a bailout to these uh, these various state governments. And, of course, that means the Federal Reserve is going to print more money. And that means that all of us are going to be bailing out effectively these uh, these failing governments in the, just within this country. So I agree with you. I don't want to pay for Europe's failure, and I don't want to pay for California's failure either. So I don't, I, I don't feel, I agree with Mark, I don't feel like I'm obligated to any of this. I don't know about you, uh, Dale, but I didn't sign a social contract. Did you? Absolutely not. So, you know, how do we correct any of this dysfunction in our economy when we have a completely corrupt and dysfunctional political system, not just in Europe, but also here in the United States? So, you know, are are these, uh, you know, I'm not a right-wing conservative. I'm not a liberal. You know, I'm an independent, a true independent. I'm an independent businessman. I used to be in banking for 15 years. I saw how bad the banking system was run, and I figured I could do it better on my own, and for the last 15 years I have. So I'm neither liberal Democrat or conservative Republican. You know, heck, I voted for Ross Perot. I didn't vote for George Bush. And, you know, I wanted to support President Obama when he told me before he was nominated at the Democratic National Committee, when he told me as a small businessman he would support small business, he would help small businesses, away from all this regulation and this control by government. He essentially lied to all of us at that time. And no. so I'm not, I'm not, a, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not a supporter of Bush and I'm not a supporter of Obama. I'm a supporter of independent thinking. And that's what our government lacks. But so the real question is, how can we ever recover as an economy 
when our political system is running the economy and it's so corrupt and broken well, that yeah, we it's a great question. That's that's the crux of the question. I mean, I have I, if I were God King, I could make a uh, you know dictate that would change everything. First, when you find out you're in a hole, stop digging. Um, you know, immediately stop the creation of uh, currency through the Federal Reserve, and you know, stop this uh, all, all this create sound money. Um, allow competing currencies to to come on board. Allow people to create things like bitcoins or use gold and silver and, and that kind. Of thing you know that's okay, the easy they're not going to do that right but they're not going to do anything like that so therefore there's just nothing here's what that the average person can do right here's what they're going to do they're going to keep running their scam until everything runs into the ground until they yep. can't do until it until they've squeezed anymore. every penny out of your grandchildren that they possibly can and the only thing that you can do about it is to protect yourself financially I mean, we've talked about gold and silver. We talked about the Bitcoin here, and we will continue to talk about these things. These are ways that you can take money out of the Federal Reserve note, and you can put them in. You can put those Federal Reserve notes into something that, in theory, can hold value. We know gold and silver do it pretty well over time. Bitcoin, I wouldn't go on out on a limb and say that's going to hold value. It certainly looks like it's doing a good job of increasing its value. You never know what's going to happen in the future, and you never know what will happen with gold and silver. But they've got a long history behind them of of holding value in comparison to fiat currencies. So you can you can shore up your own personal finances by taking your money out of the uh, the Federal Reserve note and the other fiat currencies around the world, but ultimately changing the way business is done in Washington DC, it's just not going to happen. They're going to have to crash okay. and burn. All right, so I I'm interested in both of your opinions. Do you think there's going to be any dramatic change in our political system here in Washington in the next several years, irrespective of who gets elected in November. Uh, not not something that's short of a coup. Yeah, I don't see okay, that so happening. You, neither, one of you, neither one of you believes our political system is going to materially change for the better, irrespective of who gets elected. I can't see it happen. I haven't seen it. You know, I mean, they'll, they'll, no, the last time the, the system changed dramatically enough to get rid of a central bank was Andrew Jackson in the early 1800s. For, for every time people are saying how frustrated they are, and it's all the time, I mean, the, the, uh, the happiness that uh, people have, their satisfaction with Congress is, what, 9% or something miserable like that. I mean, people know that there's something really wrong. They just don't know what they can do about it. I don't it. think we can elect our way to freedom. No, you will never let. Cho- choosing between, the best you can hope to do is stave off evil. Choosing between criminal number one and criminal number two isn't going to uh, to achieve any more liberty for us. I I've got a more positive so- uh, solution here in a moment. And Dale, thanks for the call. We'll share that here in a moment with you. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. This is Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features 
that we have there for you. Again, freetalklive.com and those features, they include our webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room is built into the same page as the cam and it's all there free over at cam.freetalklive.com. That is cam.freetalklive.com. Now, I had a solution that I uh, wanted to talk about because the question in uh, the last segment was, well, what can we really do? I mean, you've got these World Bank, you've got the you know the Federal Reserve Bank, you've got all these central banks controlling uh, monetary policy and screwing people over and printing money and devaluing uh, the you know the currency and increasing the supply of money and therefore uh, just really just screwing with things uh, monetarily. What can you really do about this? What what's going to change in D.C. that's going to make things better for people? That's going to somehow change the status quo from basically the politicians and the politically connected uh, buddies of theirs get rewarded. They uh, they reward their friends and they punish their enemies, and you and I get to pay for it. I mean, what's ultimately going to change about that? Because certainly the Republicans and Democrats have no interest in doing it. Maybe Ron Paul, but uh, Ron Paul couldn't even do it all by himself anyway, even if he did get elected. And so what is going to change? Is there something coming on the horizon was the question we we were asked. And uh, neither of us see anything because business as usual is going on in D.C. And that's the way it's always been. People have complained for years about it. And they always say, well, next time we're going to throw the bums out and replace them with who? More bums. Replace them with the people who've made it through the vetting process of the Republican and Democratic parties and their national committees. They've made it up through the ranks to the point where they're able to run for some sort of high-level political office. You don't get to the point of you know running for U.S. Senate or House of Representatives without being some sort of politically connected character that uh, is already bought and sold and, and paid for. It's large. It's very difficult. Ron Paul managed to do it. Not a guy who's bought and paid for, but he had to compromise his principles to some extent. I mean, he had to create earmarks. He would then vote against the earmarks, but he had to create earmarks for his particular area in Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, nobody makes it through the political system without some level of compromise. Now, I'm of the opinion that if we put better people in, we'd get some kind of better result. But that's a difficult thing. People have been saying that for years. That's the same thing that comes up every four years. Well, we've got to replace them with the good guys. Well, good luck finding them. And then good luck. How are you going to put better people in, though? I mean, you know, your your vote's as diluted as your vote is diluted. And you can go on talk radio and demand that people be you know, more responsible with their vote or whatever, but, you know, how that's going to work. Well, right, and then good luck keeping the good guys good. If you actually find one that you think is good, good luck keeping him good when all of a sudden he's plied with all manner of uh, money and and giveaways from lobbyists and the other politicians are trying to get him to log roll where he does the thing. Their bidding. Yeah, back scratching. He does their bidding for them in return for them, tr- pretending like they're going to do him a favor. Uh, what happens when they dig up some of the skeletons in their closet and hold them uh, against them for some sort of uh, political favors? Uh, there's just so much ter- skullduggery, terrible uh, activity that goes on that we probably don't even know about. That's just D.C. is insulated, man. It's not going anywhere. They're living large on our money, and the only solution that I think is viable is for people that love the ideas of liberty to get together 
and to get out from under all of this. Uh, the Free State Project is over at freestateproject.org. It's all about getting people that understand what freedom is, that you, in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free. That to be free means that you're able to live your life how you want, so long as you don't harm anyone else. Let's get to people together who think like that, the business owners and the individuals, the people that are that are workers or whoever it is that uh, that has that shares that same philosophy. Get them together in the same place. And, you know, if you don't share that same philosophy, maybe you share some other philosophy. Maybe you are a like a, you, you support theocracy. Maybe you want to have a religious state or something like that. You should move together with people that think like you do. Go ahead and move on over to Utah or wherever it is that uh, you think is the best place to go. Let's get people who, who have similar mindsets together because then they'll be more effective in creating the society they want. The Democrats and the Republicans, obviously there's more interests out there than those two groups, but they've been fighting forever. And other interest groups fight forever over control of school boards and things like that. There's no end to the conflict and whatever really comes out of it just bigger bureaucracy more government higher costs uh you know everybody is pandering to everybody else it's just crazy it's a crazy process that never ends and the way it is ending is that everything's regulated there's taxes on everything and the regulations and taxes continue to increase so what can you realistically do to stop that if that's what you want to do is stop it you have to get together with other people that give enough of a damn because everybody else is distracted by the uh, the gold medals in the Olympics or they're distracted by uh, you know dancing with the stars or whatever the new reality TV show is that's on or the sports uh, their favorite sports team that they love to watch and call themselves we as though they're a part of the sports team uh, all of this ridiculous bread and circus out there for people to distract themselves with and why not it's pretty you know it's pretty tempting to be distracted I mean it's like Saifa uh, cipher from the matrix film plugging himself back into the matrix because you know he realized that this whole fight for freedom thing was pretty difficult why not just go bad right why not just go ahead and uh, enjoy the fake steaks that uh, the computer program told you was the real thing because it was just as good as the real thing if that's what you believed so uh so you know who can blame somebody for wanting to disconnect from all of the uh the terrible things that are going on in the world and you know not think about it and just focus on pop culture and uh and distract themselves I can't blame them. Yep. I mean, it's it's frustrating. But I don't regret my choices. I don't regret being a liberty activist. I don't regret putting my freedom on the line. I don't regret you know speaking out and standing up. I don't regret any of that for a moment. And I think that if more people would do it, then we'd have a different situation. I mean, one could make the argument that the reason why things are the way they are is because you are the way you are. Because we, collectively, aren't willing to do what it takes to ensure our freedom. That people are getting the government that they deserve. It's true. Obviously, we don't think that's true for everybody because some of us... There's some people that are working very hard to turn this around, but, you know, a few people isn't going to make a difference. I don't know what... Sometimes I wonder myself, is it worth it? I mean, if people want this government and they seem to want this government, shouldn't they be able to have it? Indeed. Let's go to Andrew listening in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Andrew. Hey, guys. What's up? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I don't know. Well, I was kind of nervous calling in, and now I feel like I'm talking to my friends. Well, that's good. I'm glad you feel that way, even though we've never met. Uh, hopefully we do come <laughs> off as uh, as friendly. You know, it's uh, just think about it as though you're just talking to us, and that there aren't thousands and thousands of people out there listening <laughs> to every <laughs> hanging off of every syllable. Uh, so go ahead. What was on your mind? I mean, surely you had called for a reason. <laughs> I mean, why are, why are we paying these guys? And they're going off, spending our money on in other countries where we aren't. And 
I mean, like, who knows? Maybe they're spending money's on, money on, you know, FEMA camps here in the United States when the economy crashes, and that's where they're going to put us all. Well, that seems pretty unlikely because right now they have an effective slave system where you take care of yourself and you pay them. Uh, whereas if they put you in a, a slave camp, uh, that's a more obvious slave camp than the whole country because that's basically what the countries are, the big plantations. Uh, but if they put you in an obvious slave camp, then you'd be less efficient. You're not as happy, so you won't work as much for them and you wouldn't be as, as likely to turn over the, the money. Uh, you know, what can you really do? Well, stop paying them. I mean, if you don't like the fact that they're taking money from you, stop it. But the reason why people pay is because they're afraid. And, uh, Andrew, thanks for the call tonight. 855-453. They're afraid of the cages. They're afraid of getting put in one. And who can blame them for that? DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have there. Listening options are included. We've got live streams, broadband, midband, narrowband, different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds. They're all free. So go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in. And learn about our over 110 radio stations across the country that air the show at various different times throughout uh, the week on AM and FM. Also, our satellite listening choices, including XM Satellite Radio, uh, where we're on every single day. In addition to that, our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. A couple of segments ago, a gentleman was asking us, what can we do about you know, government's involvement in the monetary system, their irresponsibility in that area, the uh, creation of fiat currency, that kind of thing. And I think the answer is you really can't do anything about them doing that. But maybe you can hedge against the inflation of the currency with uh, precious metals. You can get gold and silver, whichever you can afford. Uh, you know, they tend to be pretty similar, although they, you know, some people are predicting silver is going to outperform gold here in the near future. Uh, we've teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you opportunities to get precious metals at really great rates. So whether it's a hedge against inflation or investment or barter currency in case things go really south, whatever reason that you want to get precious metals, you can get them through gold.freetalklive.com. It's, you know, we've got all kinds of coins there, ones that are common that uh, you can get a comparison shop, ones that are specialty that you may want to get. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right. So, of course, we'll take your calls about anything you want. Also, our number here, 855-450-FREE. So, finally, to this uh, Bible story, Mark, you had mentioned uh, that there's some guy that's been doing research or translation and has discovered mistakes in the original Bible. How do you do that? How do you discover a mistake in the original text. Well, he found these, uh, I guess, all these old 
kind of, uh, you know, uh, archived documents. Uh, you know, the Jews are very good at uh, having kept these documents. They believe that, uh, you know, the, the, the verbiage had to be the same over and over again. If one letter was wrong, then it ha- the whole thing had to be thrown out. But it's really impossible to believe over the course of 4,000 years that there hasn't been some kind of problem along the way or that even it was written down initially wrong. Um, this is from Yahoo, uh, the AP uh, for the past 30 years, Israeli Judaic scholar Menachem Cohen, Menachem Cohen has been uh, on a mission of biblical proportions, correcting all known textual errors in Jewish scripture to produce a truly definitive edition of the Old Testament. His edits, focusing primarily on grammatical blemishes and an intricate set of biblical symbols, mark the first major overhaul of the Hebrew Bible in nearly 500 years. Hmm. Poring over thousands of medieval manuscripts, the 84-year-old Cohen identified 1,500 inaccuracies in the Hebrew language text that had been corrected in his uh, compiled 21-volume set. The final chapter is set to be published next year. The massive uh, project highlights Judaism, um, how Judaism venerates each tiny biblical calligraphic notation as a way of ensuring that communities around the world use precisely the same version of the holy book. So you're telling me what you're telling. No, I'm not sure. Let me run back here and and see if I can recount what you said. So you're saying this guy's just fixing some grammatical errors. I mean, like, you know, an A is in the wrong place or it was supposed to be textual, uh, contextual errors, grammatical errors, uh, symbol, symbolic errors inside the document. Is this going to fundamentally change the message of the Bible, though? I don't think it fundamentally changes the message of the Bible, except that every dot and tittle is God's word. Because if God was writing something, he probably wouldn't make a grammatical error, right? Right. Right. And I guess the idea was that it was men that were writing, you know, God was writing through their hands is the idea. Right? Uh, when, I, when I went to, to Christian school and I went, uh, you know, for nine years and, you know, was involved in my church and did Sunday school and all these things, I was taught that God wrote the Bible through the hands of 40 different individuals. So the idea being that he kind of possessed them and that they uh, they wrote as according mm-hmm. to, like, without their conscience, basically. Right. right. And, you know, as a passed down the word of God in this manner. And, you know, many Christians believe many different things right now. There are lots of people out there that believe that the Bible is, uh, you know, sort of a a, a guideposts along the way that you can use it for some level of history and some level of guidance. But there are other people that believe that every dot and tittle, and I use that term because Mm -hmm. that's a term that they use, um, is completely written by God and that this is the word of God. That'd be the fundamentalist God. then. I, I guess. I mean, the fundamentally believe what uh, the, you know, the word of God is. I have a real... Biblical literalist. Biblical literalist. I have a real problem with this particular stand because it allows... Um, for, for one, it, it, you know, your, your assumption is, is that you reading in English... Reading a, essentially a translation <laughs> of a translation. Um, so the first translation being from God to the words. Right? Well, if you're reading the King James version, and uh, you know, you're reading about uh, charity, it that you define it differently. They define charity differently 
in 1610 than they do today. Sure. So you're essentially translating in your head. I see what you're saying. Um, also, you're applying your own cultural uh, norms to the words. That are right. And many out. of these things have been written down throughout the years and, you know, the terminology has been changed. You can see the Dead Sea Scrolls are different uh, than, you know, what we had passed down through the monks through the Middle Ages. So, but what you're saying is this uh, biblical scholar guy who's 84 years old and has been doing this for a long time has determined that the original scripts, there were errors. There were grammatical errors. So essentially yep. God put an apostrophe in the wrong place or something like that is what, is what you're saying. Well, I mean, it's, it says here that, uh, that there's uh, this Jacob Ben Hyman who did in 500 years ago uh, went – you know, to do essentially the same thing, but he had to re- rely on inferior manuscripts and commentaries. Numerous inaccuracies crept in and were magnified in subsequent editions. Mm. I mean, so you know, they're saying that even I mean, these this is a lot of hand copying to be doing to have the expectation that there's not going to be a single mistake in it. So if there's one mistake every time this thing's hand copied, and you hand copy it a hundred times, you've got a hundred mistakes. Right, like like the old telephone game that uh, yeah. I played in elementary school. So that's you know that's how this thing comes comes down. So it's interesting, and it's just sort of to me, it's one more little indication that perhaps that this uh, this Bible, this uh, this document that was put put together mm, three hundred years after Jesus's death, might not be the Word of God. I mean, I'm not going to say that there aren't some really good things contained in the Bible. I really do believe that there are. But I think that there's some real problems with taking some 60-something arbitrary books, jamming them together, and saying, this is the Word of God. But these other documents that we have, not the Word of God. Um, And that that, that gets, you know, this is voted on democratically. Right. Wasn't there basically a group of editors that made a decision to include books but not include other books? That's right. Uh, There's one of these councils. Was God them too i guess I mean, the you know one can claim that god is in the uh, the outcome of the vote right uh, if god's out there i mean I, frankly i think if god wants me to know his word he should make it really really clear um i find a real problem with god he could ha- start writing it on your computer screen right now well, he could, to, right? you know if god wanted us to believe the 10 commandments he wouldn't have written them on a little bit of stone and handed them down with moses <laughs> he would have dropped them from the sky on pieces on monuments of granite the size of skyscrapers i mean you'd be able to see these things from space if you want those 10 <laughs> commandments uh, written down you know make it make it clear for everybody that that God did this. Don't don't hand them to some old guy and uh, you know say, oh yeah, God wrote this down. Let's go to Diana. She's in Indy, listening to WXNT. Diana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi guys, how are you? I'm enjoying the show. Thank you. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just want to say I, I particularly believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. Um, I know Which the Bible? Bible says like. Well, I, I, I particularly I like the uh, King James version. It's. Um, that's what I've been about to come. You know that the King James Version is the most flawed version of the Bible. I mean, it's, it's it was modified by monks to include to include the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Keep her on. Yeah, hang on, Diane. I want to bring you back here. We okay. continue this discussion in a moment. Eight five. It sounds really biblical, though. Eight five. Thou should readest thou Bible on a regular basisist. <laughs> All right. Eight five five four fifty three. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. Moments remain. It's free talk live. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. You can take control of the airwaves even here in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. We invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. We give them to you. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live... You can become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that you get behind the show with three bucks a month, and we'll take that money and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, Amp Only podcast, uh, the Amp Only forum, and more. Go and get the details on that and get signed up. It makes a big difference for us when you amp and you get some extra perks as well. So go to amp.freetalklive.com and thank you for doing so. As we get back to Diana listening in Indy to WXNT. Now, Diana, you were telling us that you are a biblical literalist. Uh, but the Bible yes. that you've chosen the, to take literally is one of many, which is the King James uh, edition. Uh-huh. There are several editions of the Bible out there. Why that one? Why is that the Word of God? What about the rest of them? Well, well, um, that I, I mean, I don't mind the these and the thous. When I um, started believing in Jesus, it helped me, and it really, I, I, I started applying the things that it says. And it is really true. I've found it to be really true. I've found true peace and true joy and happiness in my heart. And that's I know great. those that have really done the same. They, you know, it's, it's the same way. I no, mean, that's excellent. I, I like what you're saying, but it didn't really answer my question. Uh, okay, you know, I, I get what you're saying. That's been valuable to you, and I can't take that away. Yes. I would never try to. I think that's that's fantastic. If you found peace through your religion, that is excellent. Um, but my only critique or my only question was in regards to that you believe the Bible's the literal word of God, but my point being that Bibles are different. I mean, the King James Version right, is different true. from other I versions. They use different the words. Was drunk and they, they say he was he, uh, he was drunk and you can't go by what he said. And he didn't actually write it. He just no. gave authorization to it, correct? That's true. So, right. yeah, I mean, there are lots of versions. I just don't... The other ones, they're okay. I mean, but I... I really like the King James. I like the way the King James version sounds. Uh, One of the problems Uh is, is uh, for me, is is that you know, I mean, oh English, they have no, no. It's it's not the. I I can read it as well as uh, anyone. I was raised on this uh, this document, but um, you know, the the new international version, which was produced in 1970, they put together a group, Mm -hmm. a large group of scholars, and you know, they frankly found out that the the monks in the Middle Ages had just kind of added some stuff in order to make believing the Bible a little easier Mm -hmm. for you. You know the Uh They 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 made that uh, Father Son Holy Ghost Trinity thing really clear. Now there was a big argument uh-huh. at one point about between Trinitarians and Unitarians. You know, some people believe that God was one, and some people believe that God there, was there three. I, I, I'm a, I'm a oneness. I don't believe I'm not a Trinitarian. I'm a oneness. And, and I think that that's very I'm, interesting. There's very few people running around. So I guess I'd ask you this: Do you believe in hell? Absolutely. Okay. Do you believe that I go to hell if I refuse to believe what the Bible says? 
Absolutely. Okay. So now the Bible says uh, that Jesus's name is Jesus, but I know, and we know through history, that Jesus's name is Yahushua. Now this may not be enough uh-huh. to throw Are things. Are you Jewish? In... Am I Jewish? Yes. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit. I think we're all probably a little bit Jewish. Uh, but <laughs> okay. you know, but so his name's Yahushua, and now this may not be enough for you to uh, to throw off your belief, but it's enough for me. And. Uh-huh. So therefore, you know, God comes to earth 33 years. He wanders around here. He does all his, his thing. He doesn't bother to so much as write his name on a cocktail napkin. Uh, he doesn't write anything down. And then I, if I refuse to believe the book because his name's spelled wrong in it, um, and then, you know, I get up there and sure enough, it was the word of God uh, with all 1,500 mistakes this guy made. And then, you know, however many versions there are, the misspelled name and the fact that God didn't write anything down, he's going to send me to hell. Does this sound like a fair, just, and loving person to you? Well, he is very fair. He is loving. I just believe that. I, I, I'll tell you like this. I, see, in order for you to believe... Um, you have to, like, okay, the Bible is, like I say, I believe in the Bible is the infallible Word of God. And if you don't believe one thing that it says, you know what I mean? I just, I don't believe, I mean, I'm trying to, how hmm. can I explain? That doesn't uh, seem like a responsive <laughs> answer to the question. It's a very no, no. difficult thing to defend. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's really not. I'm just trying to, I have sometimes problems explaining. What I'm trying to say, okay. Well, the, the, okay. the reason why you're you're running through, you know, the the gears are turning in your mind as you're trying to spit out the answer to is the it question works is for her is right is because there's no logic here. Like you've it's had faith. A, you've had a personal experience. I, you know, I would never take that away from right. you. Good. I'm glad you found peace. Whatever it takes for people to find peace in their own heart, that's right. awesome. Great. Uh, right. But you know, the the message that's there is so contradictory. The message is that. Oh, God loves his creations, but he's going to send you to hell if you don't believe every word of uh, this particular book and internalize it. And in hell the way isn't we say. really a big player in the Bible. I mean, they'll find some little bits of it yes, here and there. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. All Let's right. get a concordance to look it up. Okay, well, I, I, I've you know, I, I, I've done my time, man. I've read that thing, uh, excuse me, ma'am. I, I've, I've read that thing through three times and uh, seven times in the New Testament. Well, I, honestly, I haven't read it all the way through once. I got to Leviticus each time, and it's I get hung up on the, the uncleans and the cleans, yeah. and I go skip the world. I'm not going to lie. All right, fair enough, Diana. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate Thank hearing you so from much, you. Guys. And, you know, Thank hey, you. Like I said. If you found peace, great. Man. Yeah, That's that, cool. And that is what's important but as far as I'm concerned. The really, you know, this ridiculous notion that God loves you, but this their God, this God. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I believe in God. Right. My God doesn't send anybody to hell. Exactly. I'm on board he with that. He doesn't send Jeffrey Dahmer and he doesn't send Hitler to hell. In my world, uh, they're all extensions of uh, God. I mean, God is not this uh, this thing that's separate from us, which a lot of Christians believe that uh, you know, God is not in any way connected to them. Uh, well, then that, they're not reading their Bibles because it says God is all in all. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of evidence for that kind of New Age uh, belief system in uh, in the Bible and in a lot of world religious uh, texts. But, but anyway... The idea that the that God, this Christian God, is all loving, this loving Father, but on the other hand, has this side, uh, you know, side to him that is this vindictive, mean, uh, the nasty, old, the old uh, Yahweh Mountain God uh, that was, you know, sending Joshua to wipe out uh, Jericho to kill every man, woman, and child. Right. Imagine every if, man, woman, and child. If you love, and you love your son Jack. 
Yes. Uh, uh, now, you wouldn't show Jack that you love him by when Jack does something you've told him not to. Let's say he does something to the dog. You know, I guess he kind of misbehaves with the dog from time yeah, to time. He likes to play rough with her. Uh, you know, you've told Jack, don't do that. I'm going to drop you into a pit of fire because I love you. Yeah, that's a fire pit's probably not a good thing. Not really love. I mean, fire pit does not really equal love in my book, at least. Yep. Let's continue, though. Gregory is on the line listening to the Big Talker FM in Wilmington, North Carolina. Hey, Gregory. Hey, what's going on? Hey, listen, um, this is a great conversation, and I just wanted to put my two cents in. Sure. I'm out from work. Um, it's so funny. I was raised, now, I'm, I shouldn't say this, but um, I was raised Christian as well, my, but I married different from my religion. So my wife is a Baptist, and um, I was raised Jehovah's Witness. So anyhow, I believe personally, uh, me and my wife have had these discussions about this, and um, I believe honestly, man, the Bible, there are are a lot of discrepancies in the Bible, but you know, raising children in the split household that we are, um, you know, I believe you you gotta live your, your, your life right. I don't believe in hell. So when I heard you say that earlier, I was like, me neither. And, and, you know, I was raised the same way. It's like, why would God uh, eternal punish somebody for that long? I mean, that's not a loving God. So I'm like, I'm with you 100% on that one. Yep, Jehovah's Witnesses but, um, don't believe in hell. Oh, interesting. Yep. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so so I, I It's interesting, 100%. though. Many Christians would say, well, why do you believe in God? If you don't believe in hell, I mean, you would have to believe. I mean, if if there isn't this terrible negative, uh, you know, punishment for believe for not believing what I believe, then why in the world would you believe it? Apparently, your story stinks so badly that you have to force people with hell to right. believe it. Isn't it obvious the reason why people are good? It's because it's you know it's good. It's you, good things happen it to works. you. Uh, if you are good, then you know it's good karma. Good things come back around uh, tenfold in some uh, some cases. And you know when you I do mean, things that aren't good, that comes back around too. What do you suppose? I mean, if you think about it, though. Um, and when you're raising children, and there's all these different religions out there and all these different translations, at the end of the day, I mean, who can say which one is right? No doubt who about it. it. I think you that all I mean? you can so, really do is say what's right for you. and uh, Exactly, and do, do right. I believe in karma, and I believe that, you know, you should live your life right. You should do right by others. And I honestly believe, especially when it comes to raising children, that that's the way that you should bring them up. Respect one another, respect people. Uh, and, I, and I do believe you got to have faith. Excellent point, Gregory. I appreciate your call and your thoughts tonight, man. Thank you for making it. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. And uh, Mark, you're going to be uh, heading up the show without me for a couple days. Oh, taking an unexpected vacation. Finally. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> get to do this show right. <laughs> All right. You have fun. I'll be back on Sunday night to do your show on Sunday night. because we're going to ruin everything. More tomorrow at freetalklive.com. Hey, podcast listeners, um, you know, every once in a while I'll pop in and, and mention to you that we've got a new advertiser that's uh, of note, Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute guy. Um, he's got an ad in here. It's not the greatest sounding ad in the world, but um, I'll tell you, the guy has spent a great deal of money on the radio in the past, and he's trying out Free Talk Live for, I think it's two weeks or one week or something like that. Um, it's a short period of time. And... I, you know, if you have a more, if you're looking to get a refinance a mortgage, he's got some really great rates. I wish you'd just check it out. I'm not saying buy a mortgage from the guy. That's a pretty big decision. But if you'll check him out and see what, uh, see what the deal is, that'd be, a, you know, response would be important. So anyway, thanks. 
Hi, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy. I'm a mortgage lender throughout all 50 states in this great country of ours. The majority of people in the United States love the 30-year fix. We're the only country that actually has a 30-year fix. And you pay a very big price to get a low monthly payment. If you were to refinance into a $350,000 30-year fix in the low threes, it would take you seven years to pay it down from $350,000 to $300,000. If instead you refinance into a 15-year fix in the high twos, it would only take you two and a half years to pay it down. And in seven years, you would pay all the way down from $350,000 to $200,000. You can't afford this kind of treatment. You must get into a better loan, and we'll show you how. Call us at 866-288-0088, 866-288-0088, or go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Until next time, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy.